0: Today's episode of Captain's Log is brought to you by the NBA Store. A new year brings the start of a new NBA season. Suit up with the latest gear to show your support for your team. We may be sidelined from going to the arena, but that doesn't mean you can't watch basketball from the comfort of your couch in style. We are teaming up with the NBA and PodGo to bring our listeners up to 75% off on select items. Yes, that's right, 75%. Go to podgo.co NBA for up to 75% off select items from the NBA store. That's podgo.co slash NBA. The NBA, where amazing happens. Captain's Log, the podcast devoted to discussions and insights into the supernatural, occult, and all-around strange happenings of our world. I think our goal: There's someone in the house with us to entertain and disturb. Perhaps like no one has before.
1: (laughs) I warn you. This could scare you. As the sound bothers me to listen to. It has always haunted me. What you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed.
0: Did you hear that? Star date two eight twenty twenty one. Welcome back, everybody, to our first episode of twenty twenty one, baby. We have been off the airwaves for some time, now we've been doing a bit of R and R, planning some fun episode topics for you all, and definitely not caught up in a brutal legal battle with the Joe Rogan Experience for slander. More this like is the your-
2: Joe. Schmogen, Mason. We're already in trouble. We don't need oh. to get into more trouble.
0: This is your captain. Um, spe- the
2: Joe Rogan podcast is not the podcast that I'm referring to. It's a different podcast. There we go. All legally, oh, legally, all good, free and clear now. All right, Jose, nothing they can do about it.
0: This is your captain speaking, Jose Via Jr. from the Beehive State of Utah, and as you all have heard, joining me virtually is my co-host and first officer, hailing from the Fruited Plains of Iowa. The one, the only, Mason the Destroyer Schrader! How are it's you, Mason? Buffalo shit. Oh, it's Buffalo shit?
2: Yeah, the Fruited Plains, <laughs> it's Buffalo shit.
0: Oh, I thought you meant your nickname was Mason Buffalo Shit Oh, Oh, the Buffalo shit
2: is a decent nickname, too.
0: Um, how has your 2020 been so far, Mason? Um,
2: Well, it's 2021. 2021, fucking hell. So... God damn. <laughs> It's been fine. I don't know. I've lost some weight. Oh, that's good. You look it great. Is. Yeah, do I? You do. I mean, you look I a little rosy, but... like she, I don't... It's the camera. I swear mm-hmm. to God, You're I'm just not just really this,
0: nervous. I'm
2: not this red... I'm not this tomato-y in person. No, he isn't. But I do look like I have, like, I ate, like, a... Like uh, when um, Violet wrote or ate the the blueberry gum Mm, in Willy Wonka. Yeah. And then, like, the really early stages were just her face, like, started turning blue. Well, I look like so, like, I've started to swell up and turn red, like, I ate a tomato gum. You ate a tomato gum. But, like, not quite. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, Violet, you're turning (laughs) Violet. Shut up, Mom. It's a good movie.
0: Shut up, Mom. Shut up, Mom. (laughs) Mom. Fuck you. This is your fault. Well, today, Backstreet's back, Mason. And by Backstreet,. I mean our unsolved US series specifically Yay. part 2 of our sinister stories of the southeast portion. So today
2: <laughs> portion.
0: Today we are uh taking a look at the sister states of
2: Virginia Becky and Becky and Fresca. 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 Becky and Fresca, those are my favorite twins. <laughs> uh, my improv is not apparently We've, it's been, not gone, quite on we've par been gone we've been gone for like a whole month.
0: So <laughs> You know, this is good. This might we we might it might be a slow start. <laughs> Becky was good. <laughs> Becky was good. That was solid. And then you lost me with Fresca.
2: I meant. I think I meant like Francesca. Francesca. There you go. Yeah.
0: Well, we're looking at we're taking a look at Virginia and West Virginia at Mountain Mama. So if you're new nice. to the show, um, first off, I'd like to say thank you for joining us. Can we get you anything? Some water? You want to see? Take your shoes off. You want a foot massage? No? All right, well, just holler if you uh, if you need anything, okay? We'll be right here. We
2: have an intern that'll gladly yes. grab it for you.
0: And second off, the way this works is we usually pick three stories from each state, uh, not always three, as today will show, that we deem worthy of conversation, that have a bit of substance, or just not completely bad shit and enough to fill a page with. I then read them to Mason, and we rate them together as either spooky or kooky, which is just what it sounds like, so with that out of the way, Mason, are you ready to begin?
2: Yes. Then e- let's let's e- e- let's hit the road. We're we e- getting in e- e- the get on, get hop on. on. We're Hold it's my a waist for right? safety. Yes. yes. I'm
0: grabbing on to Mason's waist. I'm snuggling uh-huh. up. My head is my head is Did you put your helmet on? Oh.
2: There we go. Thank, thank you. All yeah.
0: right. Um, I'm slapping you on the <laughs> butt. We're riding away. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: That was us writing off in the sunset. Yes.
0: So now that we have finished our business in Maryland, we head south for the mother of states, Virginia.
2: Is that, it's the mother of states? Yeah, because it was
0: the first state, so they call it the mother of states. Not the mother state, which would make more sense, the mother of states.
2: Mother, holy mother of states! It sounds like a, like what Robin would exclaim yeah. in the old Batman show. Um, first we make a
0: stop in the town of Clifton home of the infamous Bunny Man. This place was not always the growing suburb it has now become. At the beginning of the 20th century, Clifton was nothing but a small rural farming community. The whole community was established around a railway stop. But legend goes that as the town began to grow, the residents became unhappy that they were so close to a state insane asylum.
2: The residents of Clifton, Virginia?
0: Yep. They were fucking pissed, bro.
2: Oh, and not even I just assume it would it hadn't it wouldn't even be the asylum, right? It would just be like I'm mad I'm in Clifton. I'm mad I'm in
0: Clifton, Virginia. This was Is Clifton, this, California now, or Clifton, New York, I would be okay
2: with it. Clifton was founded by obviously Tony Clifton, right? The famous alter ego of um uh oh shit, Andy Kaufman. That was yes, the name. Yes. Is that a reference for you? That was the, I, right over yeah. my head. You should watch the Jim Carrey uh the uh, the the biopic, oh okay. about a- Andy Kaufman, where Jim Carrey plays Andy Kaufman. Oh, okay, got gotcha. you. Yes, I will. Okay, I will. Not. Anyway,
0: <laughs> so they organized and protested to the state government until eventually the asylum was shut down for good, as the patients were being moved to the newly built Lorton Prison, and, and <laughs> classic. <laughs> what a fucking stupid name!
2: What if we just put them in prison? Now that's a good idea. Now that's that's what that's I call thinking. the
0: American. Mental health system.
2: I just love the people who were like, I don't like that people have a place to go and it's near right. where I live. Yeah. I don't like that no, there's a
0: uh, please. And I mean,
2: I get the because the thing with like insane asylums is everybody acts like they're always the you know the. Not all insane asylums were people who were criminally right. insane. Some people were just I, had terrible right. mental health, and, like they and, were crazy. Exactly.
0: And the thing, the thing about insane asylums is people might have gone perfectly normal, and then they ended up fucked up in them. Yeah. So, and they, it's not really their fault.
2: And, no, but it, it, the people who were going, they weren't always like the schizophrenics who no. murdered and eight like, of 12 children. Sometimes it was like, Normally this was wife just,
0: has depression.
2: Yeah, it was Ted from down the street who went like, started like laughing one day, and he just never stopped laughing. But that's fine, because at least that, he can live next. Joker, he can be my 2019.
0: <laughs> um, so as they were transporting them to the newly built Lorton Prison, an accident occurred. The bus tipped over and the convicts got out, all oh, rounded no. up but one, Douglas Griffin.
2: You know when that bus tipped over, it was like a clown car, right? Yeah, just, where it was just suddenly like a like <laughs> and they all yeah. just ran out. They, well, they just kept like coming hundreds out. Hundreds and hundreds. You? Yes, it was.
0: <laughs> people like, were watching. You're like, like, huh? There's sure there's a lot of people in that bus. that That one's got them clown shoes (laughs) they're like squeaking as he goes (laughs) he's running away from the cops and they still can't catch him even though he's like (laughs) hey you stop cause you know how cops you know know how men back in the day weren't like even the most in shape men were still like big burly guys so like they couldn't they would like run and be like (laughs) I'm gonna get you
2: hang on (laughs) Stop or I'll give chase for the next 20 feet.
0: I'm going to let me take a smoke break real quick and just
2: let me get a smooth Chesterfield. That'll help me run. <laughs> oh, <yeah. coughs>
0: so Douglas Griffin. Uh, was old a... people were dumb. <laughs> they still are some
2: of them. Yeah, that's true.
0: Douglas Griffin was a particularly disturbed patient having murdered his parents at the age of 12 with an axe on Easter Sunday the local police would spend the next 2 months searching for the man with no avail all they would find would be the brutally mutilated half-eaten corpses of rabbits hanging around the woods oh uh,
2: well, uh, he's not hurting anybody uh, i mean you know but he I mean, just, he's, hurt he's not, rabbits but he's
0: not good at cleaning up i guess
2: yeah why does he not eat you know he he could kill half as many rabbits if he ate, if the, he whole ate the whole body instead of thing. just half of it
0: yeah On Halloween night, three local teenagers went missing. When the police organized a search party, Bloodhounds led them to a small bridge with a rail line at the top and a small road underneath. There, hanging from the bridge, they discovered the disemboweled corpses of the teens, strung up like the rabbits in the woods. It appears that the teens were were walking to a friend's house and spotted Griffin under the bridge, at which point he attacked them with a hatchet whilst wearing a bunny costume and mask made out of the fur from the rabbits found in the woods.
2: Oh god, that's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, I, I mean I, that's terrifying. Holy but shit! But like, it's, it's at least
0: it's not like a, just a stupid bunny costume. Like it was made from the rabbits he killed. I don't know. It's yeah. pretty cool to me. The legend says that when the police discovered the bodies, they also discovered Griffin standing on the top of the bridge in an, in full bunny getup, laughing Uh-oh. and waving, <laughs> hi. hi, laughing and waving an axe over over his head wildly. But before the police could do anything, he was struck by an incoming train and thus came an end to the story of the bunny man.
2: <laughs> okay, whoever I... was writing now. It... Whoever wrote this story got like had they, to, like he had a party to go to. Yeah, and it it's was clearly like,
0: it's clearly the thing where like they they had maybe like a pretty solid beginning and yes. middle, and then they're like, "Fuck, how do I wrap this up? How do I wrap this up?" Uh, he got hit by a
2: train. He did what I did with most of the papers I wrote through college, <laughs> yeah. where I was like, I spent you know in the first like two weeks I wrote like nine like. of it, right? And then I wrote that last 25% the night before it was due, and I was just like, oh, fuck. Oh, he just got hit by a rabbit, okay? That's a bunny, or a a train, a train. That's it, a train. He got hit by a train, the end.
0: His name would be given to him by the papers who dubbed him the Bunny Man of Clifton. But the legend does not end there, Mason. A year later, on Halloween night, once again, the bridge found itself with more visitors. This time, it was a couple of teens who were driving around with their girlfriends and decided to give the girls a scare
2: <laughs> let's go to that bridge those kids were murdered at <laughs> say sally favorite.
0: sue would you like to have your uh, n- your knickers in a bunch and they were like god please uh, take us
2: oh. home maybe, <laughs> <No>. maybe. oh
0: <laughs> let's go to the site of a brutal murder
2: well, okay. See, I was actually going to make fun of them for going there, but then I was like, oh, but we would totally yeah, go we there in a heartbeat. If we were in high school and there was a murder site in our town, we would have been like, i We're spending every day at the murder site. I constantly
0: site? go to that lake up, up Payson Canyon where mm. three people have died at this point and in the past five years. I'm constantly there. So. Yeah, I, yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. Um, pretty cool.
0: So they were driving around with their girlfriends and decided to give the girls a scare they had decided to go to the old railroad bridge where the bunny man and their peers had met their end. The boy stopped under the oh, bridge. Oh, yeah, so this was
2: people they knew. Yeah, this was a That's year after. That's a little after. more fucked up, right? too. Yeah, that, that, was like, that would be like if our friends died and yeah. we were like, let's go to where they were murdered just let's to, go like... drink and, and fuck then let's around. Go, yo, let's go try to fuck these whores where our friends got murdered, huh? Yeah, buddy, yeah. right? Yeah. No, why is no one <laughs> high-fiving me? I don't understand. Why is everybody looking at me like that?
0: Um. The So they... They stopped under the bridge and dragged the scared girls out of the car, teasing oh, them all Christ. the while that the ghost of the bunny man would get them. These guys fucking suck. Ha ha,
2: ha ha. Our friends got fucking <laughs> murdered. <laughs> By a lunatic. <laughs> <laughs> like, disemboweled. Oh, look, who am I? <laughs>
0: One of them was my older
2: brother. <laughs> <laughs> look, 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 at, look at my guts. <laughs> oh, <laughs>
0: This all became too much for one of the girls who pushed her boyfriend away and made her way back to the car.
2: I like to imagine she wasn't even like, she wasn't like, oh, I'm so scared. She was like, please stop, I fucking died here.
0: My sister was one of the victims. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> at that moment, at the exact stroke of midnight, she saw a bright flash of light under the bridge. When the light faded, she saw the mutilated bodies of her friends hanging from the bridge. And stuck in the windshield of the car was a bloody axe. Ever
2: since that night... Wait, I thought she was in the car.
0: She was heading back to the car when it happened.
2: Oh, so she was between the car. Yeah, between the car. So shit happened at the car and at the bridge, but not in the middle? Gotcha, okay.
0: Ever since that night, local teens gather at the Bunny Man Bridge every (coughs) Halloween night. But scattered (laughs) before the stroke of midnight, afraid to meet their fate, at the bloody hands of the Bunny Man. What do you think, Mason? Spooky or kooky? Some dogs I, are losing their shit. I know, I can, my house. I can hear that,
2: yeah. Do you just have... Is Utah just have packs of, like, roving dogs? Yeah, just, like, there's gangs.
0: It's really dangerous yeah. to go outside. <laughs> they come up to us and they're like, huh, you got our protection <laughs> money? And I'm like, ah, oh, please. <laughs> uh, sparkles, please. They're
2: talking dogs?
0: Yeah, they're talking dogs, too.
2: Um. Anyway, I think that one's pretty fun. Yeah, I like I it. Think it's I mean, fun. it's pretty... It's a fun. It's got a little bit of a twist on an old classic, you know. Escaped lunatic kills teenagers. Right. Yeah. I like that. At least this one
0: very Halloween-esque to me, where it was like a young boy murdered his family, and then right. he escaped because the bus tipped over. Like that's literally Halloween 2018.
2: But I I like how they had but him put like on a bunny like yeah, a bunny suit made, made of fur. The, yeah. I can't imagine like a like a whole. You make like a whole thing of like horror movies. You there know, are, all, you I think the there
0: one, are Bunnyman Bunny movies.
2: Well, I'm sure there are, but I'm saying, like, you can make a whole, like, universe where, you yeah. know, you, like, show the one, I mean, like, Halloween, right? Where you, yeah. like, show the main one, and then then you go back, and here's how he got there, and then, oh, here's him stitching together the, yeah. the dead rabbit suits and shit. Yeah, and I like it. that. It'd be kind of fun. Yeah. So, I
0: always, it's always very interesting to me when these far-fetched stories actually end up being grounded in reality. Oh my As god, is the get case the, with the this. fuck out of here. Yes. So, for the legend of the bunny man, actually has some true history to it. Nice. This all comes to us um, thanks to one very dutiful Fairfax County employee, Brian Conley. So basically, for, for for years, this everybody was like, is the bunny man real? And he got tired of being like, I don't know. So that <laughs> so he's like he was like some archivist. He wasn't like a higher up or anything, and he just fucking decided to do research into it and because of him like now everybody knows what really occurred but before this guy nobody knew if any Ar- of it was based in truth so
2: archivists are here they're oh, the yeah. only there he the only governed employees that are heroes yeah i'm just kidding there's probably more uh, firefighters are all right yeah yeah he found
0: <laughs> <laughs> he found what he calls the bunny man genesis event here's what he discovered
2: <laughs> wait what <laughs> like the, the who the, called the... it that
0: This guy, Brian Conley. Okay, well, he could have reached out
2: maybe to a a, a writer for a better name, but okay. So, in
0: 1970, a couple was parked in a driveway not far from the train overpass when they had a terrifying encounter. Someone appeared very quickly, yelled something having to do with trespassing, and threw a hatchet at the car, Conley explains. They did not get a very good look at the person. Uh, All they really got was dressed in white or light-colored clothing and may or may not have had something on his head. When the story made the papers, that something on his head became bunny ears, naturally. The couple was Air Force Cadet Robert Bennett and his fiancée. With his pale outfit and ear-like covering, Bennett and and police initially thought that the man was a member of the Ku Klux Klan. Uh, The man that would be dubbed the Bunny Man by newspapers would be seen again two weeks later by a construction site security guard. The guard was making the rounds at a new housing development when he caught the bunny man using an axe to smash the roof supports of new houses being built. After the local media attention, the bunny man called the police department saying that he was against the spread of new housing into his woods. Based on his voice and eyewitness reports, the police determined that the bunny man was a teen who was upset with the new housing development. He told police he would meet them at Colchester Bridge on Halloween, but he never showed and was never heard from again. Uh, The events reported in the newspapers around the country and teens from all over Virginia started to make their way to Colchester Bridge to look for the Bunny Man. Uh, Over 50 Bunny Man sightings were reported everywhere from Maryland to Washington, D.C., though none none were confirmed as real. And the supernatural legend of the Bunny Man's ghost came when local teens connected the Bunny Man, news reports, to an unsolved murder of a local girl that happened in 1918. 14-year-old Ava Roy was found beaten to death and hanged near Colchester Bridge. And the prime suspect was an escaped mental patient who broke out of Lorton prison, though he was eventually proved innocent of the crime. As years spread, as years passed and the legend spread, teens near the bridge would go on bunny man hunts in the woods, especially near Halloween. And it should be noted that unlike the the legend, there was, n- there was never a Clifton State Asylum, but there was a real Lorton prison. Um, but this is the part that was interesting to, to me, uh, and, and I'll link it in the show notes so people can go read this article. Uh, There was a body discovered 900 feet from the infamous bridge in 2018, and the case still remains unsolved. It's an unsolved murder case. And I was reading the article, and, like, one of the cops in charge or whatever was like, it's really funny that it happened by the bridge. Isn't that funny? Because it's a local legend. And I'm like, a man is dead. (laughs) A man is fucking dead.
2: So, I just... I think maybe my favorite superhero of all time is a teenager who dresses up. Like I a thought that was super and cool. That because te- yeah. he's to against the housing. nature yes. to defend nature.
0: He was he was just like, hey, fuck you! Don't bring your suburbs down here. And- I'm
2: the Lorax, and I'll put an axe in your fucking head.
0: I'm the Lorax, and I kill for the trees.
2: <laughs> I do love it. I love so his life. Yeah, dress passing Bazin. Yeah, <laughs> fucking throwing a hatchet at a car. Just- <laughs> yeah you can fucking uh, it makes me want to dress up like a rabbit and go fucking and go uh, fucking try to murder people who are well he wasn't this the best part too is he was just like like chopping away at like supports of a house to like sabotage it that's pretty good i like him yeah i like i like that (laughs) kid i hope he didn't murder anybody i
0: i hope so too
2: well unless it was like a like an evil like corporation Corporate, yeah. CEO mm. guy who would like, let's destroy the forest. And then he fucking just like, chop, chop.
0: I want to suck your blood is something you might hear if you ever find yourself alone at late at night in Hollywood Cemetery located in Richmond, Virginia.
2: Is, is it because you're going to you stay in there every Halloween in yeah. Richmond and scream that at people?
0: Yeah, this is not a legend. I was just wondering. you. Just
2: the legend of Jose Valle, screaming at people, <laughs> accosting people in cemeteries. As legend, Someone's like laying flowers on their dead husband, and you're like, Ooh,
0: Ooh I'm going to psych your blood. They're like, what are Ooh, you, a, va- a vampire? And I'm like, no, I just, I just like to say that.
2: Please stop. You've been doing this every week. My husband just died.
0: Ooh. <laughs> As legend still persists. I'll do the monster mash. They did the mash. Please, please stop. Whatever happened to my Transylvania twist? <laughs> it's
2: so, the mash now. <laughs> so You're my... in the band. I don't know if you know what that song is about.
0: Uh, No, what is it about?
2: It is about...
0: <laughs> the way I always the... interpreted it is I always thought it was... Um, what's, what's, the, what's the word? Uh, they appropriated Dracula's culture.
2: No, it was the... I forget the band. It was like mm. the Crypt Keeper 5, yeah. right? They... Bobby Boris... Uh, Yes, but the Crypt Keeper 5, the the Dracula created the Transylvanian twist and then the Crypt Keeper 5 stole it.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And made
2: it into the monster match. Yeah, so they They stole his dance Yeah, and then were basically like, this is the dance now, so you're in the band. And then Dracula joined the Crypt Keeper 5 because he didn't have a choice because the twist turned into the match. Yeah, that's what I'm saying is they appropriated his culture. Well, like, what I, whatever happened they, to the
0: Transylvania twist and they're like it's now the mash baby they didn't like it's take, now the I, monster I, mash
2: I think you're using the word appropriated culture too loosely it's they didn't the take,
0: Transylvanian uh, twist I
2: get it but they didn't take like uh they didn't take like a like a deep cultural thing from Dracula, he made up a fun dance and then they called it, they did the same dance and called it something else. The The, the Transylvanian twist wasn't like, like uh it wasn't like a spiritual, it wasn't like a spiritual dance know that. for Dracula. It was don't tell a, Dracula it what is and what groovy, isn't
0: part of his culture. It was a groovy
2: dance. I know, I know what it is. It was just a groovy ass <laughs> dance that he did. It wasn't like when, like uh, I don't know, when, like a, when, like a, a tribe does like a certain ritual dance. Uh, it was just it was, it was a was. fun dance. It wasn't. It was it a fun matter, dance. Doesn't matter because it's now
0: the monster match. So suck my. And pig, then the Cryptkeeper
2: Five were like, well, because he was, because he made up this dance, and they, uh, he never, he just kept it to himself. And then the Cryptkeeper Five were like, well, we're a band, we'll take it, and we'll go, we'll, we'll move on, and we'll play, we'll play it. <laughs>
0: And that was the and Monster the mash. mash segment. The
2: Monster Mash. It was a graveyard smash. They did the mash. So legend still persists. It was on in a flash. The Monster Mash. Okay, I'm sorry. Legend still
0: persists that a vampire lurks in the shadows of Richmond, described as a ghastly creature dripping blood and flesh, who calls a tomb on the hollowed ground's home.
2: He's dripping flesh? Yeah. How do you drip flesh? Um, good question. <laughs> no, I answer it. Oh, um... We're not going on to the podcast I think until you tell me how like you drip when flesh. It's like when
0: your flesh is, like, hanging from your skin, and then it's, like, slowly, like, falling off.
2: Uh, I don't like your explanation, but let's, let's, let's move on.
0: <laughs> this urban legend seems to have gotten its start from a very real historic event. It was first reported in the Commonwealth Times in an article that alleged that the vampire emerged during the deadly Church Hill train tunnel collapse of 1925. Feasting on the bodies from the deadly accident. Oh, Eyewitness that's just reports... a cannibal. <laughs> no, it was a I think a
2: vampire sucks egg. living blood. I think a cannibal is what yeah. eats dead people.
0: Yeah. Eyewitness reports state that a figure was seen emerging from the wreck, bloodied with jagged teeth and skin hanging from his body. That after sounds the...
2: like someone who was... It, clearly someone who was in the wreck and got fucked up. And they were like, ah! After they're the... Like fucking teeth are falling out of the... After the... And
0: that's, coll- where
2: the that's where the thing came from, dude. He's like, I saw a hot yeah. And they're like, oh, he wants to suck our blood!
0: After the collapse killed and buried several railway workers, some say the bloody creature made a run for it towards the James River after being chased... Uh, it then disappeared into the mausoleum of W.W. W. Poole in Hollywood Cemetery. <laughs> Mr. Poole is alleged to be a vampire, Foreman, Commonwealth Times writer Gary Curtis first wrote in 1976. Fucking idiot. Staging that a cult had seemed to have sprouted up around this man. Poole died at the age of 80 in 1922 from pneumonia. <sighs> His initials, W.W. W. Poole, are engraved into stone with some suggesting that the, in- that the initials are a clue to his true identity, as the WW resembles vampire fangs.
2: Just stop. <laughs> That's the stretch they made is because the WW kind of looks like vampire fangs? Yeah. Wouldn't it be VV if they mm-hmm. were vampire fangs? Mm-hmm.
0: Hey, I'm with you, man. Uh, it should be noted that the strange creature of the night was never spotted again after the crash. Could it be that it went into hibernation, preparing to emerge at some later time, ready to feast on the blood of Richmond? Spooky or kooky Mason.
2: I mean I'm a fan it's of vampire spooky. legends,
0: but I, I the thing I've noticed whilst doing research for the show
2: <laughs> is or that whilst
0: is that the vampire legends of America are never fun. You know what I mean? I love um, vampire legends, but always the ones here in America are always like, this girl was sick. And she was draining the life force out of everyone, so she's a vampire. And it's like it's never just like traditional. There was a yeah. there was a guy who lived in an old house like up on the hill, and That's and true. at late at night people would see him just like stalking the windows. Or you know what I mean? It's never like something yeah, fun was like al- that. it
2: was always just like this person died of a very spreadable disease, and then we all licked its body, and then we died. Yeah, <laughs> it must be because she's a oh. vampire, and it's like no stupid because you're fucking licking gross diseases off of dead bodies. Um, Um, But I think, I I like it, I like vampires when they're like, I don't like, I don't like like Dracula vampires, mm -hmm. I like vampires that are like, uh, like monsters, that they're just like almost animals, you know what I mean? Where they're just like fair, like fucking like, and then like running around. I also like the idea
0: of it like tied to like a horrible event, you know what I mean? Kind of like Mm -hmm. a, yeah, like I like that it's like, this horrible thing happened and, and maybe that's what like awoken it. Like I'm like, that's mm. kinda cool. That like maybe it was it like is, yeah. yeah.
2: This to is me, one of the better ones. Yeah. To me stories. it's spooky
0: for up until they and up until people say, Well, it's because of WW that we know that this guy's a vampire. Yes. Up until that point it's spooky.
2: <laughs> yes, I yeah. fully agree. I don't understand that was the dumbest part. That was pretty funny. I mean WW he does have like that like old timey.
0: Like, w Bull. Bull. So it seems that the Vampire of Richmond could have been nothing more than a case of misidentification. Reports of the incident say that one man did emerge from the caved-in tunnel, 28-year-old fireman Benjamin Mosby, who had been helping shovel coal. He was severely burned from the incident, causing his skin to sag and peel, and many of his teeth were horrifically mangled, causing them to look jagged and sharp. Mosby would die hours later at Grace Hospital but it would seem not before he gave birth to a legend that has endured for nearly a century so you you were right
2: right yeah yeah right so yeah obviously yeah. that's my favorite though is when it was like a car crash and they're like a horribly mutilated person came out of this car crash yeah was it a monster or was it a horribly mutilated, mutilated person person yeah
0: Mason, do you want to do an ad?
2: Yeah let's do an ad okay
0: Mason, I know it's February, but Happy New Year! Did you make any resolutions for
2: 2021? I want to. I am eating. I'm eating less meat. I'm not eating meat. Good. Uh, not eating animal meat.
0: Oh, good. Vegan.
2: I'm not eating. Wait a from wait, wait, wait. Wait a second. This farm is farm animals. Uh, so like wild animals? No, I'm not eating meat from anything that walks on four legs. Okay, out of chickens. fear from
0: incriminating myself, I'm going to move on. Do you know what one of mine is? It's to read more. Uh, but the thing is, Mason, sometimes I just don't have the time to sit down and physically read a book.
2: Well, Jose, you know what, is, you know what would fix that, you big dummy? Yeah, what? It's audible. It's because Audible offers you the ability to listen to great audiobooks written by your favorite authors. Well, you do whatever it is that you do. I'm assuming you're. Are you building models or shit? What are you building? Like the Millennium, like Falcon, or like a? Or I bet you build the submarines from Hunt from Red October. You fucking nerd.
0: <laughs> I don't. Uh, I don't. I don't build models anymore. But yeah, you're right. Th- that is such a great thing about audible and you know what else is a really great thing about audible
2: that they give us money
0: well yes but also audible boasts not just a collection of thousands of audiobooks but also has a huge collection of podcasts guided wellness programs theatrical performances a-list comedy and exclusive audible originals you won't find anywhere else So honestly, what reason do you have for not giving Audible a try?
2: And right now, you can get a 30-day free trial by going to audibletrial.com backslash captainslog or by clicking the link in the show notes.
0: I just finished listening to The Glass Castle, a memoir by Jeanette Walls, and narrated by Jeanette Walls, and it is a gripping and captivating story of one woman's difficult upbringing by parents that loved her and her siblings, but often neglected them for very selfish reasons. And that's all I'll say because I really encourage everyone to go check it out, it is so good. And now I am listening to God Omens by Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett, and narrated by Martin Jarvis, and it's just a blast, I really, really love the series, so I am
2: loving this. I've been listening to Knock'em Stiff by Donald Ray Pollock, the guy who wrote uh, The Devil All the Time. And he's really good at writing horribly gritty and tragic American stories.
0: So if you want to uh, listen to some great audiobooks like those, you can go get started on your 30-day trial now by going to audibletrial.com slash captainslog or by again clicking the link in the show notes. And you'll be helping us out and helping yourself out. So go get started now and enjoy the rest of the podcast. Every fall, Alexandria's rich history takes on a distinctly spooky tone. Who's the-
2: Alexandria?
0: This girl I know. She goes to a different school. You wouldn't know her. <laughs> With, the- <laughs> With the cold, hard historical facts of the town giving way to the ever-so-alluring vagueness of the urban legend and ghost stories of old. And some would argue that there is no less enduring local legend like that of the female stranger of Alexandria.
2: Is it Alexandria? Is Alexandria the female stranger of Alexandria? no
0: she goes to a different school you don't know her as legend states in 1816 a young woman accompanied by a man who is presumed to have been her husband arrived at the infamous Gadsby Tavern according to uh, the July 20th 1866 edition of the Alexandria Gazette quote the gentleman was polished and polite the lady was young and handsome Um, I don't Describing a woman as as handsome is very
2: interesting to me. I just also love that, like uh, you know, like he was polished and polite, and she was young. Well, she wasn't an old piece of shit yet, so she She was was still worth more. She was hot. So she was. (laughs) I just you know, but you know, the fact that young is like a like a an adjective Mm -hmm. to describe that used to be to describe a woman, just be like, well, she's young. So yeah. obviously she's worth more because if she was old yeah, yucko right? gross.
0: Um it appeared that the woman had taken ill on their voyage to Alexandria, and as soon as the couple arrived, the man carried her into room eight, slamming the door behind him, causing the eight to fall sideways and form the sign for infinity. He called for a doctor and after <laughs> and the, doc- the doctor
2: said, "No more baby monkeys <laughs> jumping on the bed.
0: you have read this one.
2: I've read this one. <laughs>
0: And after the doctor and nurses tended to her for weeks, it became clear that the female stranger would not make it. At this point, the story takes a turn. Uh, yeah, she's fucking dead. She's not making it, re- Doctor, it seems like she just has a cold. Oh, no. She's
2: dead. <laughs>
0: oh, see? She died.
2: Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> Okay, go ahead.
0: After a brief conversation uh, with his wife, the man calls the doctor.
2: And and nurses
0: And Mr. he said, no, my monkey's jumping on the bed. And Mr. Gadsby to the bedside, and he asks them to swear an oath, Wellington Watts, owner of Alexandria Colonial Tours, said. And in the oath, they uh, are to promise that they will never reveal the identity of either the man or the woman for the rest of their lives. The female stranger would go on to die some time shortly after, and was buried at St. Paul's Cemetery, her, ma- her grave marked with an extravagant tabletop tombstone with a tragic yet mysterious inscription. Quote, to the memory of a female stranger whose mortal suffering terminated on the 14th day of October 1816, aged 23 years and 8 months, this stone is placed here by her disconsolate husband, in whose arms she sighed out her last breath, and who under God did his utmost, even to soothe the cold dead ear of death.
2: Okay, I want my tombstone to say that my. I love the term mortal sufferings terminated. Yeah. I have never heard a more that accurate was, way to describe was, life as other than mortal m- sufferings. Mortal, yeah. I want, I want my tombstone, Jose. I'm gonna die before you. You're in charge of <laughs> okay, making sure my tombstone says, "Mason Schrader's mortal sufferings were terminated on and then whatever day yeah. I died." Yeah, I also like, I also
0: like the um, did his even uh utmost even to soothe the cold dead ear of death.
2: I guess it talks a lot about um the husband on this tombstone for the wife though. Weird you know that, what I mean? that
0: he's not the one who's fucking dead, and they're like, yeah, she was 23. Anyway, her husband though.
2: Well, yeah, it was like, this lady died, and her husband did a bunch of stuff and was very sad about it. And not like, she liked pickleball and (laughs)
0: weed. Weed. The cost of the tombstone, inscription, and burial plot was pricey, estimated at $1,500 at the time, which is a lot of money for the time. The woman's companion paid for it all, but the bill would bounce. Yet he would be long gone before anybody could do anything about it.
2: God, I wish I had lived in a time where you could just be like, Yep, absolutely, it's all here. There you go. And, and they then just <laughs> leave town. And they were just like, it was like two months later, they're like, Ah, fuck. Motherfucker. <laughs>
0: um, they tried to find his name at Gatsby's, but Mr. Gadsby scribbled the name out of the registry and doctors and nurses refused to say as well.
2: Was it Mr. Gadsby?
0: Gadsby. No,
2: this is Gadsby, but was oh the rich stranger... Oh god, J ...the guy from the
0: Great Gadsby, yeah. <laughs> it was Leonardo DiCaprio. The mystery <laughs> continues to this day who the couple was. It may be because of the fact that there are so few concrete details that the story has captivated locals for hundreds of years. Could it be said, that this
2: isn't a thing that actually happened? <laughs>
0: It is said, however, that the female stranger's story does not end there. Over the years, people have reported seeing a well-dressed young woman walking the floors of Gadsby's. A couple years ago, one of the tour guides from this company was at a costume ball at Gadsby's, and the guide sees an attractive woman in early 19th century clothing. Out of step with everyone in costume, Watts said. (laughs) Excuse me, (laughs) madam, are you all right?"
2: Oh, I just have a call.
0: Oh, that's totally fine. We have medicine now, and we can, you can... I
2: have a cold, so you I'm get, not gonna live long.
0: I don't... I'm gonna
2: die soon.
0: Get some fucking
2: cough cold. drops. You'll be
0: fine, I think.
2: <laughs> what, I, what cough? Some vapor I, I'm rub? I'm about to drop from cough. <laughs> what the I fuck die.
0: is going on here?
2: <laughs> uh, look over there. Huh? What's over there? Oh, I'm gone.
0: Oh my gosh, she has gone. <laughs> oh no... <laughs> The man followed the strangely dressed stranger into strangely dressed stranger into one of the rooms, room 8. Please stop following me. <laughs> no, I have to I have to see who you are. No, I'm curious. <laughs> but she had seemingly vanished into thin air with only a lit candle to indicate that someone had been in the room. Frightened, the man ran out to fetch someone. He's kind of freaking out about the whole thing and goes back into this room and the candle is clean like it had never been lit but it was still hot to the touch, Williams said. Another story tells of a young woman who had come home from college for the summer and was looking for work. After being hired at Gadsby's Tavern, she would go on to have an encounter with a female stranger as well. Her first night on the job, she goes to the kitchen, gets her customers meals, she turns around and the ghost is staring her right in the face, Watts said. She (laughs) screams, Ah!
2: Oh, wait, no, you scream, sorry. <laughs> ah, this woman is
0: sick! No! Also, she's in 19th century clothes. What the fuck is... What are you doing here? Who are you?
2: <laughs> Look
0: I'm over like, there. Huh, what's over there? What's... I'm gone. Oh, no! <gasps> she screams and panics. The plates drop on the floor, and the ghost vanishes. She runs out the door and quits on sight. We were told she's never been back in Old Town since.
2: If I... F- God if I ever got like a part-time job at a tavern and there was a fucking ghost, do you know how awesome yeah. that would be? What the I would I would quit quitting? I would be like, yes. "Can I work all the time? Is there Can any way I, I could be put on the in schedule some overtime, every day? maybe ghost catching?" All I want is to find <laughs> this fucking ghost. God, that would be so cool. And this fucking it, the opportunities are wasted, Jose. They're wasted on people who don't want them. Hey, I'm I'm right there with you. God, that would have been awesome. There are many
0: theories as to the identity of the female stranger. The most popular theory claims that the female stranger was none other than Aaron Burr's daughter, Theodosia, who <gasps> mysteriously not Aaron Burr. Aaron sir? Burr. I
2: don't. Dear you...
0: Theodosia, what to
2: say to you?
0: That's the song from Hamilton.
2: That's the he's the damn fool that shot him. I'm the damn fool that shot him. <laughs>
0: i've never seen uh hamilton so i have no idea oh it's on yeah. disney plus it i know I, I, after researching I, this i'm like damn maybe i
2: should it be was research. better than i thought it yeah. was a little long for a tv watch but mm. if i feel like if i had to pay the money to go see it in person i would appreciate that long
0: it was. i'm really excited for his next one in into the heights or in What's the that? heights it was like the first musical that he did before um hamilton so mm-hmm. that was like his first stage one and now they're adapting it to a movie, and it's like about this like immigrant community in New York, but it's like, is, and they're like facing like gentrification. It's really it looks really
2: good. I, I Lin Manuel Miranda is, he's cool, but he's a, he seems like he's a bit much sometimes.
0: Oh, definitely. You know, definitely. I mean, then
2: again, but he was like a he was on like Larry David show, and he was kind of laughing at himself, so maybe I shouldn't. Yeah judge him too much but just him being like you yeah, just break out into rafts sometimes yeah it's like relax man yeah that's it's like yeah. okay cool yeah
0: so people think it's uh, Aaron burr's daughter theodosia who mysteriously disappeared at sea in 1813 after her ship was reportedly caught in a hurricane some recount an elaborate story in which theodosia was kidnapped by pirates held Ooh. captive on a deserted island and after escaping her captors arrived in alexandria some theories are more plausible. One story claims that the couple were star-crossed lovers whose family did not approve of their union, who ran away to get married in secret. Another identifies the couple as a pair of notorious con artists who had their who had made their way down the port cities of the eastern seaboard. Whatever the true story may be, this story remains a mystery to this day. And Mason, do you think this legend is ye old spook or ye old cook?
2: I think it's kind of dumb. <laughs> it's not
0: like it's yeah. It's weird that she was never identified and like that they came in under all these mysterious circumstances. we like, don't tell anybody who we are. But yeah. whatever, this I mean, happened like I, in every fucking town. So
2: maybe I'd like it more if it had like.
0: I would like it more if it was Theodosia. Like that would be interesting to me. And like yeah, this woman I was guess. presumed I missing, just, and then she shows up, and she's like. Ugh.
2: Yeah, it just seems weird that they were just like, "Who was nobody?" Probably, <laughs> like you can't tell anybody who we are, and, and that's also bullshit too. Like, a town like that is—they were immediately going to be like, "This is who that was." Yeah. you know what I mean? There's no, there's no person in the world who would be like, "I'll tell you," but you know how would that happens, where everybody's like, "Well, I'll just tell one person," yeah, and then it's spirals But then out they of just tell, yeah, exactly. So yeah,
0: it's kooky to me.
2: Yeah, I think it's kooky. I want to see the ghost, though. Oh, yeah.
0: I want to kiss the ghost.
2: (laughs) Jose, we've talked about this, buddy. (laughs) You should try Tinder. I think you're... You keep thinking you're going to meet a ghost and date a ghost, (laughs) but I don't think you're going to. Well, then
0: what's the point of even trying?
2: That's true. We should just terminate our mortal sufferings.
0: (laughs) Well, we got our drink on at Gatsby's Tavern, we packed our bags, and we drove west across the border to the mountain state of West Virginia.
2: Mountain Dew is from there. Is it? Or it's very popular. F- oh. It's a very popular baby drink there, I think. Mm. What the fuck? I've heard what? some really terrible stories from oh like God. real small towns. And, well, like, the, the Appalachian Appalachians
0: Mountains. are fucking... Where they, like, seriously,
2: we had, like, a dude who did, like, a mission for a church uh-huh. there and was, like, telling me about, like, they just seriously put, like, Mountain Dew, like, with, like, a, they put, like, a, a oh rubber nipple god. on it and, like, let babies um, drink it. It's just, like, god damn, that's so well, sad. Well, that,
0: uh, that memoir that I talked about, Glass Castle, like, mm-hmm. they moved to the Appalachians for a long time
2: and... yeah. I was like, the, holy the fuck. ass, the, ass, the castle? ass castle, yeah, yeah. Our first, um, st- <laughs> well, there's a documentary from I think Johnny Knoxville produced a documentary called "The Wild Whites of West Virginia" or something mm. like that. It was about like a family mm-hmm. of just like the most like f- fucking holy shit type of yeah. people you've ever met. Fuck, I would not the type I of people ever. who would scream at you in a, like a gas station.
0: Oh god, you know the type of people, yeah. people that
2: you're like, you're just like you're just like I'm just trying to buy something and someone like bumps into you and you're like, oh, let me get out of your way. They're like, fucking. Just like, god Jesus. damn it, you son of a bitch. Yes. Oh god, okay.
0: Yeah. Um, I didn't mean to do that. That's my apologies
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: and then they spit their chew at your fucking well, shoe or something
2: the, the type of people that like come the confront you so hard like you normally would you would you just apologize and you're like It's not even a big deal, but the fact that you're yelling at me so much makes me need makes to fight you, you, fucking for fight it fight you yeah. Yes,
0: our first stop is along the Monongaila River in Marion County
1: And this is in West Virginia? Yes,
0: where a 20-foot-long monster is said to lurk underneath the water. This turtle-like creature has been dubbed the Ogua. It is said to be a 500-pound giant alligator snapping turtle. The word Ogua is reportedly said to be borrowed from either the Delaware or the Shawnee. Sightings of this creature date all the way back to the 18th century. The most well-known of the the encounters with this creature is is the one of Fairmont coal miner John Edward White, who, while night fishing at the location in 1983, had an encounter with it. White's description of what he saw was less detailed than those of others who would come to see the creature at some point, but he did include the detail of a serpentine tail. This would lead people to making the connection between this encounter and the ones that had come before that depicted a large turtle-like beast with two heads, a long tail, and a habit of dragging people into the water to meet their end.
2: God, that's fucking cool.
0: Yeah. The earliest recorded sighting of any creature matching the description of the Ogua near the river can be found in an account from the Taylor and Nichols families from October of 1746. According to the account, a 12-year-old boy from the Nichols family was dragged underwater while fishing on October 22nd and was never seen again. Witnesses described the attacking animal as a turtle larger than than a bear in size. Days later, a daughter of the Nichols family would be awoken by the sounds of something she described as larger than a sow. 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 It's
2: a female pig. Yeah, sorry, my bad. No, it's okay,
0: city boy. (laughs) I'm a city slicker, so uh, sorry. This prompted the family and their neighbors to leave the area. It is reported that the Ogua has a diet that persists mainly of deer and other animals from the area. It reportedly lies in the trails, uh, unmoving, disguising itself as a rock or boulder, until its victim is in reach, at which point it lunges at it, traps it by wrapping its tail around it, and then proceeds to drag it into the water to finish the job. Mason, spooky or kooky?
2: That is the... Coolest it's fucking such a thing cool fucking I have cryptic. ever seen. I'm getting it. I'm gonna get that tattooed on me. That's what I was I'm thinking too. Gonna get that tattooed on me, almost immediately. God, I, that thing is so fucking cool. Yeah, just I, a two-headed snapping turtle. It's so cool. I love I, it. When I
0: first heard it, I was like, "This is so stupid." A, a turtle, cryptid, and then like I looked into like snapping alligator turtles, and I was yeah. like, "Whoa, these guys are fucking cool." Anyway, like regular They're ones, badass. Yeah, and then like I like th- when it dawned on me that I'm like. It's just like a giant fucking killer turtle. Like, how fucking cool is that?
2: Yeah, and it's like believable enough to a point. Like, I'm, I'm guessing it's not real, mm-hmm. but it's too. Yeah, because it's just a giant. It's just a giant version of those. And those things can get like pretty big. Yeah, they like some of those things like are too heavy to like 200 pick pounds, up. Yeah. So this one's just like I mean like a, you know the size of like a uh, like a like a like a beetle like a like a Volkswagen bug. Yeah. It's <laughs> kind of what I'm imagining. So the giant you know what I rabbits.
0: Mean? You remember that? Those giant yeah, rabbits that lived on that island. Yeah, Just the idea of like an, an animal that's normally small just being fucking incredibly huge.
2: Well, it's my favorite Pokemon too.
0: Yeah. I don't know if you remember the, the, all, the all the
2: way evolved. No, 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 no. The 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 grass of type turtle. Oh, I Tor- know. What you're a turtle. About. Yeah. And and yeah. then it turns into like Turtaria or something yeah, like that. But yes. he's just a giant turtle with like a like a tree on his back. Yes. and I just fucking love that. I just or the lion turtle, lion from, turtles uh, from Avatar. Yeah, Avatar, just uh, the idea of tur- giant turtles that have like ecosystems on top of their shell has the, been like
0: one from it. Um, I the don't giant turtle of the that. universe. The, like it's. It's um
2: right. It's Pennywise's yeah, like yeah. enemy or whatever. Yeah, yeah. The giant yes turtle universe turtle. Yeah. That's the enemy of a fucking. The, God yeah. damn it! That movie is or that book that property is so cool when you zoom in on it. Yes, zoomed out, you're like, God, this is fucking like late. A Coke dream. Yeah. It's just yes. It's like I don't <laughs> care about the spirit of evil. I want it just to be a creepy ghost clown. Yeah. Anyway.
0: On the evening of January 18, 1970, in Morgantown, after a showing of Oliver at the Metropolitan Theater, West Virginia University freshman Merid Malarik and Karen Farrell decided to decided to hitchhike back to their dorm, so they got into what was described as a cream-colored Chevrolet with a driver who appeared to be in his mid-40s. That was the last time they were seen alive. Over the next couple of months, speculation grew as to what had actually happened to the girls. And then things took a strange turn. The police began to receive anonymous letters that were signed with just a triangle that would direct the police to where the girls' bodies were. On April 16, 1970, the bodies of Merid Mallory and Karen Farrell were discovered in the woods, decapitated and decomposing. A man named Eugene Paul Clausen confessed to the crimes and was convicted of the girls' murder. But the girls' heads were never found. This is what has led to the creation of this urban legend that states that growling, screams, and whistling can all be heard coming from the woods near Cheat Lake, where legend also says the girls can be spotted wandering around the woods looking for their heads. Have you seen
2: my head?
0: (laughs) Real women died.
2: Excuse me. Have you seen my head? Oh my god, you're
0: headless. Wait, didn't we cover already Headless ghost? I can't like... even
2: find it. I am... <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, don't know where my head is. <laughs> it's. I'm not making fun of the deaths of these people. You're making I'm fun making of fun legend. of that yeah. like stereotypical drunk white girl at yeah. a party walking around for her friend. Also, I bet they got murdered because Karen complained to some manager, right? Oh uh, yeah, because her name is Karen. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Car accidents in the area have been blamed on the shadowy apparitions of two girls running around the woods. A short one, but what do you think, Mason? Spookier, kooky. Uh,
2: I mean, all right. To me, so it's actually you know, it's grounded. I, mean, I just can't in, yawn in the podcast. Okay, go ahead. What are you saying?
0: To me, it's spooky because it's grounded in like a real event that's terrifying. But also, I just love the idea of like, what if you're just camping one day and it's not just a regular. This is the same reason why I liked the last headless ghost. Like, it's not just a regular ghost. It's some fucking ghost that's like, where's my head? <laughs> just fucking appears in front of you and it's like, you seen my head?
2: I have I Just haven't. searching
0: around the leaves and you're like, hello, who is that? And they turn around and they don't have a head.
2: I, Wouldn't that be yeah. scary? It would be, but all I can imagine is one, like, fucking, like, uh, acting like a headless, like, fucking just, like, flailing around, <laughs> like, fucking, like, slamming into trees and shit and <laughs> knocking shit over. And You're just like, oh, it was... Scary at first, but now well, I just... It's
0: kind of weird and funny.
2: Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh. Go. Hey, get the fuck I away don't think from he me. knows... Oh yeah, you know, just like Helen Kellering, or like, eventually it falls, yeah. it's just like flopping on the floor, like it can't get up, and you're just like, oh, oh, this is... Yeah. I'm just gonna go back to my, my tent, I... This doesn't scare me. So
0: then is it spooky or kooky to you?
2: I'm... I'm gonna say it's spooky, because it's mm. kind of... It's fun, but... Okay. I mean... I do like the idea, too. i just like, have you seen my head?
0: <laughs> oh, my God, where's my <laughs> I hat?
2: can't find uh... it. It's like Nick Kroll doing <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's like, uh, oh, my God. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's pretty funny.
0: For nearly four decades, if you were to drive down Route 16 near Fayetteville, you could spot a billboard bearing the grainy images of five children with solemn eyes and dark hair. They were the Solder children, and their names and ages were were stenciled beneath the pictures as follows. Maurice, 14, Martha, 12, Louis, 9, Jenny, 8, and Betty, 5. The story of these children and their disappearance begins on Christmas Eve, 1945. George and Jenny Sauter and nine of their ten children, one was away at war, were awoken around 1 a.m. when a fire broke out. George and Jenny and four of their children made it out but the other five were never seen again. The following all comes from a very detailed and well-researched article from the Smithsonian Magazine by Karen Abbott.
2: George wrote it without a head! (laughs) Oh my god, it's the same girl! Yeah. Yeah.
0: George had done his best to try and save them, breaking a window to re-enter the house, slicing a deep gash into the side of his arm. He could see nothing through the smoke and fire, He figured his missing children had to be upstairs, but he could not get to them from inside the house as the the fire had consumed the staircase. He raced back outside, hoping to get to them using the ladder he always kept leaning on the house, but it was strangely missing. It would later be found in a ditch near the house. Thinking quickly, he decided to use one of the two coal trucks that he had and park them next to the house and climb up that way, but neither of the trucks, which had started just fine the day before, would start now. His daughter, Marion, sprinted to a neighbor's home and attempted to phone the fire department, but could not get through to an operator. A neighbor, who saw the blaze, made a call from a nearby tavern, but also could not get through to an operator. Frustrated, the neighbor decided to drive into town and track down the fire chief. After finding the fire chief... You
2: know what, what, put the fire on hold! (laughs) Alright, we're solving this phone problem right now! Where the fuck is the chief? Uh, sorry, I was asleep. What's happening?
0: There's a fu- uh, I just wanted to know where you were. Well, now this right, is sort I'm out. in my you house. Where else
2: would I be? All right. Well, you have a good night.
0: Oh no! Wait. There's a fire. Fuck. Hang on. <laughs> come with me. Where? Oh, uh, down like down over there. Just come with me.
2: Oh, I, I think you think the fire chief does more than he does. You think I'm gonna go fight that fire by Get myself? Get your fucking you think-
0: fire pants on right now. Let's go. <laughs>
2: You think all I need to do is put on fire pants and then I go put out a fire by myself?
0: Uh, I I'm from West Virginia, uh, from an Appalachian community. I don't have a lot of education, so I don't. What
2: like, year is it?
0: 1945.
2: Right. So you think that we don't need trucks with water on it? You think I can just go out there? I always
0: assumed you physically fought the fire. Um, you are think you I punched the, punch the fire
2: with my fists? You know what? that fire can wait. come inside let me teach you how firefighting works
0: he gets out of the fucking the old like uh, chalkboard and he's doing a whole the presentation the year was
2: 1801 fires ran rampant across the land until one day a hero
0: <laughs> he- rose
2: up sword and shield in hand and he started fighting back against those fires that's right you were right we do fight the fires <laughs> we do physically fight fires <laughs>
0: After finding the fire chief, F.J. Morris, who initiated Fayetteville's version of a fire alarm, a phone tree system,
2: whereby... get on the tree! There's a fire down here! Fire! Fire! fire. Everybody meet at the tree! Fire!
0: Where one firefighter phoned another, who phoned another, the fire department was only two and a half miles away, but the crew didn't arrive until 8 a.m. That's seven hours later.
2: If only... Only they constructed, like, a building where all the firefighters lived. You know, where they would live there in, like, shifts.
0: I love the idea, but I think that's too far-fetched.
2: And then maybe they were all there, so then everybody Mm. was ready at one time. Well, next you're going to
0: tell me there's, like, an alarm that goes off and it wakes them up and they all get into, like, a truck or something together?
2: Oh, now that's a good idea.
0: Get the fuck out (laughs) of here, you hippie. So, (laughs) they didn't arrive until 8 a.m., by which point the Sodder's home had been reduced to a smoking pile of ash.
2: Over oh, we're here! Where's the fire? There's no- the fire's out. It's gone. Then why the fuck did you call us? Alright, well you're gonna get arrested for misusing our services. Well, why? We because fucking you called, called us out seven here and, hours ago! You called us out here and there's no fire. You have so, to- if
0: you call us, there has to be a fire. It's in our yes. contract. You have mm-hmm. to guarantee us a fire.
2: Yes. If, now, would you call the police if there was no crime being committed?
0: would you if the fire is burned out by the time we get here it is your responsibility to start Mm -hmm. another fire for us Mm -hmm. to put out you will will go to jail for starting a fire but you won't go to jail for uh, calling us here
2: listen you obviously are missing some children you're probably sad I will give you oh ten minutes to start a new fire I mean we're already here get that fire started we'll put it out no one goes to jail We'll just, we'll, you know, obviously bill you for putting out services, and uh, we'll call it a day.
0: Ah, oh, man, I love capitalism.
2: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, this was I. When did? Yeah, this was probably after. I mean, I'm guessing firefighting wasn't privatized at this point. Because it, it, it was. Oh, it unions. Was. I guess. No, 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 no. It's no, it's not. They have unions, but that doesn't make it privatized. It used to be like you could have like multiple fire departments, and they would come put out the fire, and you would like. And you, they would pay oh. you, and they would like fight. It was like healthcare. Fire, literally putting out fire, used oh to be like God. healthcare, where they were like private insurers and shit, and you would pay them like a monthly rate. And but I think that changed like really early. I'm, I'm pretty oh, sure by yes, 45. I do remember that. Yeah, I think think, it was like the 1800s. That it, I think by this point it yeah. was yeah. Yes, by this so, point it was definitely. Yeah.
0: <laughs> George and Jenny assumed the worst; their children were dead. But a brief search of the grounds on Christmas Day revealed that there were no remains to be found. Chief and it Morris has to
2: burn like you have to burn like crazy hot to fully for a long period of time Human dash, bri- yeah. yeah.
0: Chief Morris suggested that the blaze had burned so hot that it completely destroyed the bodies. A but state- then
2: again, Chief Morris only has a high school diploma, so then
0: again, Chief Morris is just a guy, as has been previously established. Yeah, this <laughs> he, is true. he thinks you physically fight fires. <laughs> a state police inspector combed the rubble and attributed the fire to faulty wiring.
2: But soon. Hey, hey. hey, Yes. I didn't find anything, but uh, check it out. I got a comb. (laughs) I'm combing the fire. I don't know that that's productive. Well, yeah, but do you get it though? My children. are I'm kind of the town comedian. I'm actually at the. uh, I'm always at the local bar every Wednesday night. I guess At Six go to, be, to ten o'clock. Because I'll I be do a bid. I do away it's away kinda like because you shut up, I'm kinda doing. I'm kind of <laughs> explaining <laughs> my thing. So I kind of do it's like a like a carrot top-esque kind of thing where I Who's have carrot like props. Top? It's 1945. I oh, you'll love else. him. You'd love carrot top, but I do uh I do a thing where I, I like have like <laughs> this is actually one of my bids is I have this crazy giant comb, right? And then I say I always comb through the rubble after fires and and then I comb things. Five of my children are dead. Well we wouldn't know because I didn't find anything combing through it, huh? Huh? It's kind of funny, isn't it, though? That's pretty funny, actually. George, your kids are dead, but this is funny, That's isn't it, George? Funny, yeah. Isn't it funny, George? It's pretty funny. George, it's funny, isn't it? It's pretty funny. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so you do owe me money. This counts as uh, <laughs> this counts as doing a, a stand-up special for you, and you will have to pay for that. They charge you for
0: everything in this town. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So soon the Sodders began to wonder if their children might be alive. As the Sodders began to turn the rubble into a memorial garden, they began to stitch together a series of strange events that led up to the
2: fire. There were all the people walking around talking about lighting our house on fire, and that's, that was the first thing that made us think it was that's suspicious. That's pretty
0: much what happened. So there had been a stranger who had shown up to the house a few months earlier, asking about hauling work. He had made his way back to the he had made his way to the back of the house and pointed at two separate fuse boxes and said,
2: This is going to cause a fire one day. This is going to cause a fire one day. (laughs)
0: George thought this comment was strange, since he had just had the wiring checked by a local power company who had pronounced it in fine condition.
2: This is going to start a fire one day. (laughs) Probably. All right, let's move on.
0: (laughs) Ah, you silly bastard. Around the same time, another man had tried to sell the family life insurance and had become very upset when George refused. Your goddamn house is going up in smoke," he had said, "and your children are gonna be destroyed. You're gonna be paid for the dirty, you're gonna be paid for the dirty r- remarks you've been making about Mussolini."
2: I'm sorry, sir. Are we still talking about life insurance?
0: <laughs> what the fuck is going on? <laughs> Mussolini's gonna get you from the grave. George had been very outspoken <laughs> about, he, still,
2: he Was still alive? He was 45,
0: wasn't he? right? Yeah, I guess he would have still been alive. George had been very outspoken about his disdain for the Italian dictator, occasionally getting into arguments with other Italian immigrants uh, in the community over his critical views on the piece of shit dictator.
2: <laughs> I just don't like him. I think he might be an anti-fascist. Usually, ah, <laughs> uh, I just I can't imagine. Imagine Jose, I, I can't imagine Americans being, being pro-fascist. Oh, that's
0: so crazy. The. <laughs> Thank goodness that's only in, like, television and movies. Thank
2: God things have changed.
0: Yeah. The older Sodder children also recalled something very peculiar. They noticed a man just before Christmas who was parked on U.S. Highway 21 watching the Sodder children carefully as they walked home. At around 12.30 a.m. on Christmas morning, before the fire had broken out, after the children had opened a few presents and everyone had gone to sleep, the silence was broken by the ringing of the house phone. Jenny rushed to answer it, and an unfamiliar female voice asked for an unfamiliar name. There was raucous laughter and glasses clinking in the background. Jenny said, you have the wrong number, and hung up. As she tiptoed back to bed, she noticed all the lights were on downstairs, and the living room curtain was wide open and the front door was unlocked. She saw Marion asleep on the sofa and assumed the other kids had gone to bed upstairs. She turned off the lights and went back to bed. She had just begun to doze off when she heard a loud bang hit the roof and then a rolling noise.
2: And now li- God, shit. Oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, ho, oh, ho, ho.
0: Oh, fuck. Oh, oh my so side. much pain.
2: Oh, fuck. Oh. Hello? Oh, Hello? My fucking ribs. <laughs> Is anybody- <laughs> oh, God, It's just my Santa doing ribs. a
0: flyby. <laughs> And he was like leaning out the sleigh and just, oh!
2: <laughs> I was just imagining it was oh. the dude starting the fire. <laughs> I fell and was like, ah, ah And she's just like, oh. what? What in what in the world could oh, that be? Oh god! I never should have taken this fucking job to light these people's house on fire and kill Oh well, children. I should go back to sleep. Oh, the children are kidnapped already, which is good, but fuck. was that, that? fucked my back up so
0: bad. Uh, well, I'm oh. sleepy. I'm going to go to oh, sleep I'm just going
2: to light it. I'm just going to lie down, and then I'm going to light the fire, and then I'm just going to roll. Okay, I'm going to light the fire. I'm going to light it right now, then I'm just going to roll. I'm trying to, I'm
0: just go, to roll. go to sleep.
2: Oh, God.
0: <laughs> and an hour later, when she was awoken once again, it was by fire and smoke. Jenny couldn't understand how five children could perish on a fire and leave no bones, no flesh, nothing. She conducted a private experiment burning animal bones, chicken bones, beef joints, pork chop bones, to see if the fire consumed them. Each time, she was left with a heap of charred bones. (laughs) A heap of bones! (laughs) She knew that the remnants of various household items, or household appliances, had been found in the burned out basement, still identifiable. An employee of a crematorium informed her that bones remain after bodies are burned for two hours at 2,000 degrees. Their house was destroyed <laughs> An employee, in 45 minutes. A very minutes.
2: nervously laughing employee was like, Yeah, the bones don't burn up to 200,000 degrees. Why are you asking me this again? I think I should take your name and number down. <laughs> oh, man. In case you have any more questions about, you know, how to burn bones... <laughs> The
0: collection of odd moments grew. A telephone repairman told the solders that their lines appeared to have been cut, not burned. They realized that if the fire had been electrical, the result of faulty wiring, as the official report stated, then the power would have been dead. So how to explain the lighted downstairs rooms? A witness uh, came forward claiming that she saw a man at the scene taking a block and tackle used for removing car engines. Could he be the reason George's trucks refused to start? One day, while the family was visiting the site, Sylvia found a hard rubber object in the yard. Jenny recalled hearing the hard thud on the roof, the rolling sound. George concluded it was napalm, a napalm pineapple bomb of the type used in warfare. Then the Ooh. reports of napalm sightings pineapple came Napalm pineapple
2: bomb is a phenomenal band, band name. name. Yeah, napalm right?
0: pineapple bomb.
2: Or maybe even just Pineapple Bomb, but yeah. Napalm Pineapple Bomb is pretty great. Also, it sounds that, like a or good my band My other band name is the Jetpack Assholes.
0: Oh, that's a good one, too. Wow. Yeah. Uh, then the reports of sightings came in. A woman claimed to have seen the missing children peering from a passing car as the fire raged. A woman working at a tourist stop 50 miles away said she saw the children after the fire. I served them breakfast, she told police. There was a car with a Florida license plate at the tourist court, too. A woman at a Charleston hotel saw the children's photos in a newspaper and said she had seen four of the five a week after the fire. The children were accompanied by two women and two men, all of Italian extraction, she said in a statement.
2: I hey! Do- <laughs> that's a, how she knew? Like, how did you know they were Italian? They kept hey. going, hey,
0: like doing the Fonz thing? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I do not remember the exact date. Do you however. want
2: bacon and eggs? Uh, do you have a pizza? <laughs> N- no now that's Italian, she thought to herself mm, I think you might be What do you think about fascism?
0: I love Mussolini
2: It's a spicy meatball <laughs> Yeah, you guys are Italian
0: I do not remember the exact date However, the entire party did register at the hotel And stayed in a large room with several beds
2: We called it a Nope, that one's too far, mm. never mind <laughs>
0: They registered about midnight. I tried to talk to the children in a friendly manner, but the men appeared hostile and refused to allow me to talk to these children. That's a You <laughs> stay away from stop. these kids, uh, yeah? <laughs>
2: just, just, just
0: Get out of here. Go on, I'm walking here. I'm to- don't talk to these kids here, yeah?
2: Vigo Mortensen from The Green Book? Hey, I got a ghoul, huh? One of the I'm a racist, but I'm the good guy at
0: the end. I'm a racist, but the good kind of racist. I'm the racist that's like, hey, don't be racist to that guy. That's my job. So it's all right. I I, I refuse to watch that movie. One of the men looked at me in a hostile manner. He turned around and I and began talking rapidly in Italian. Immediately,
2: <laughs> stop No, no, no more. Jose. Immediately, the
0: whole party stopped talking to me. I sensed that I was being frozen out, and so I said nothing more. They left early the next morning. In 1947, George and Jenny sent a letter about the case to the Federal Bureau of Investigation and received a reply from J. Edgar Hoover himself.
2: Although I... Dear family, (laughs) I am too busy killing civil rights leaders to worry about an actual crime. Thank you, J. Edgar Hoover. That's
0: actually exactly what the letter said.
2: How did you know? Oh, okay, That's just weird, uh, right? He said,
0: Although I would like to be of service, the matter related appears to be of local character and does not come within the investigative jurisdiction of this bureau. Hoover's agents said they would assist if they could get permission from local authorities, but the Fayetteville Police and Fire Departments declined the offer. Next, the Sodders turned to a private investigator named C.C. C. Tinsley, who discovered that the insurance salesman who had threatened George was a member of the coroner's jury that deemed the fire accidental. He also heard a curious story from a Fayetteville minister about F.J. Morris, the fire chief. Although Morris had claimed no remains were found, he supposedly confided that he'd discovered a heart in the ashes. He hid it inside a dynamite box and buried it at the scene. Tinsley persuaded
2: what? Wait, what? I don't fucking know, it's weird. All the okay, so they went from we found no remains to a single heart. Yeah, but The
0: bones somehow still burned away. Okay. Tinsley persuaded Morris to show them the spot. Together they dug up the box and took it straight to a local funeral director, who poked and prodded the heart and concluded it was beef liver, untouched by the fire. Soon I'm afterwards
2: just <laughs> owner of a building. I <laughs> I, I am think you think a, a funeral director makes me think I can tell like uh, I, I don't do any autopsies. I just direct funerals. Yeah, so I can help you pick <laughs> out flowers, a coffin, or a coffin. I can um, make arrangements a for things. But I'm, I'm just bet- a funeral. Oh, actually, that is a beef liver. I actually I eat beef liver a lot. I actually do just know just that eats one. It raw. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> a beef liver. <laughs> anyway. Good thing he came to me with this.
0: Soon afterwards, the Sodders heard rumors that the fire chief had told others that the contents of the box had not been found at the fire at all. That he had buried the beef liver in the rubble in the hope that finding any remains would placate the family enough to stop the investigation. Over the Wait, next... so
2: his thought process was, mm-hmm. I'm going to put this beef liver right. in a box Okay. and then bury it over here. Right Not where the fire was in a right. random spot that no no one knows about right And then eventually the family's going to find it right And then they're going to think, well I'm going to tell people that it's a heart mm. and that I buried it over here right And then eventually they're going to fu- somehow, through me telling making just uh, telling people that I buried a heart in a random place, they're going to find it right And then they're going to dig it up. Right. And also, it's not even—it's not even a heart of anything. It's a beef liver, yeah—that looks nothing like a heart, right? And they're gonna dig that up and find it, and they're gonna see that thing that I took from a crime scene and buried, and they're gonna think that's all the information I need. My kids are dead.
0: This guy's a fucking idiot. So <laughs> that
2: is a, not a good plan. No.
0: Over the next few years, more and more tips would come from all over the country, and George would investigate every single one, always returning home empty-handed. Vertebrae were eventually discovered at the scene but had no fire damage, and evidence suggested they belonged to someone aged 18 to 22. In 1968, more than 20 years after the fire, Jenny went to get the mail and found an envelope addressed only to her. It was postmarked in Kentucky but had no return address. Inside was a photo of a man in his mid 20s on its flip side, a cryptic handwritten note read louis sodder i love brother frank or louis sodder i love brother frankie ill ill boys a90132 or 35 she and george couldn't deny the resemblance to their louis who was at who was 9 at the time of the fire beyond the obvious similarities dark curly hair dark brown eyes they had the, the same straight strong nose, the same upward tilt of the left eyebrow. So once again, they hired a private detective and sent him to Kentucky. They would never hear from him again, and apparently no one would ever hear from him again. This guy just vanished after he went to Kentucky. George would die in 1968, and Jenny would erect a fence around her home and add more and more rooms to her house, closing herself off from the world. She would die in 1989, and the billboard would finally come down. Her children and grandchildren continued the investigation and came up with theories of their own. The local mafia had tried to recruit George, and he declined. They tried to extort money from him, and he refused. The children were kidnapped by someone they knew, someone who burst in the unlocked front door, told them about the fire, and offered to take them someplace safe. They might not have survived that night if they had. If they had, and if they lived for decades, if it really was Louis in the photograph... They failed to contact their parents only because they wanted to protect them. The youngest and last surviving solder child, Sylvia, is now 69 years old and doesn't believe her siblings perished in the fire. When time permits, she visits crime-sleuthing websites and engages with people still interested in her family's mystery. Her very first memories are of that night in 1945 when she was just two years old. She will never forget the sight of her father bleeding or the terrible symphony of everyone's screams and she is no closer now to understanding why. This case remains... This, or sorry, this case reminds me a lot of the Watcher case and just how fucking weird and bizarre it is. But what do you think? Spooky or kooky?
2: It's um, it's great. It's spooky. it's a spicy meat story. Ball. Yeah, I've heard it before, but it's really good. I, I, uh, I yeah, it's, it's super one of the fun. ones that
0: just stumps me, and I can't even have any theories of my own because I'm like, this is weird. I don't well, know. Well, because
2: it's also aliens, you know, maybe. You know, because people always talk about it, it's like the simplest answer to crimes because like there was a lot of things that have to go right for this to be such a perfect, like confusing thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it's so much fun. I just fucking, I love it so much. It's, uh, yeah, it's spooky, and I love it, and Mm. I want more of it.
0: Yeah. The last stop on our West Virginia road trip is to a little place called Point Pleasant, birthplace of the urban legend of the Mothman.
2: It's Richard Gere.
0: Oh, my God, he's here. Did I ever tell you how one of my students, we were working on an assignment, Mm -hmm. one of my fifth grade students, we were working on an assignment, And they had to, like, convince me to go to the beach or to the woods. And one of the girls chose the beach, and her argument was, you might see celebrities there. And um, I I said, okay, well, what's a celebrity that you might see? And she said, Richard Gere. And I was like, why are you a 10-year-old child? aware of Richard Gere, and, like, that's the celebrity that comes to mind. That you think is at the
2: beach is Richard Gere?
0: He's so old now. Like, what a strange... (laughs) It's so fucking weird. It really stumped me all day. I was like, why
2: Richard Gere? And she was like, I don't know. (laughs) 71-year-old Richard Gere. Yeah. From such films as Pretty Woman, An Officer, and a Gentleman... Primal Fear Mothman prophecies. and American Gigolo yeah. is well known by a fifth grade student in 2021. Yeah. Weird, right? Which one of those movies did she watch? Is she watching Primal Fear? I don't fucking know. Because she shouldn't be. She, I don't she think she should be watching any of them. She shouldn't be watching, be watching Primal Fear. She certainly should have been, shouldn't be watching American Gigolo. She could probably watch Pretty Woman.
0: But that has prostitution in it, so yeah, it might but, be an iffy topic I mean, for a child. I don't child.
2: believe in demonizing sex work. Oh, I do so. too, but it
0: might be an iffy topic you, for a child.
2: You do believe in it? I bet, you piece of shit. Wait, you don't believe in it? And I don't believe in demonizing it. Oh, sorry. I, but you I do, I don't, because you're a piece of I shit. I believe
0: in de-demonizing it.
2: De-demonizing it.
0: <laughs> On November 12th, 1966, in Clendenin... What a stupid name. <laughs> in Clendenin... In Clendenin. A, a West Virginia, a group of grave diggers working in a cemetery spotted something out of the ordinary and oh my god! How
2: much fun would it be if we were just like, if you, me, and like three other of our buddies were all grave diggers together? How, that would would, be how fun. cool would that, that would be? be you fun. know what I mean? Yeah. God, that would be awesome.
0: We're just doing like sea shanties as we do it. Just like yeah. Old, old, old songs.
2: It's like the uh, 60s uh, and we're uh, just uh, digging graves, uh, uh, fucking uh, ripping uh, cigarettes. Oh my yeah. God. That would be so much fun. We'd be
0: in good shape, too, from all that digging. Yeah, we'd be in
2: good shape. God, we'd be there to fuck, and people would be like, you guys are grave diggers. We'd we'd be like bros. We'd be like jabroni grave diggers. We'd be like at the local bar being like, hey, what's up? Just fucking fighting everyone. Yeah. Yeah, just fucking ripped to shred. Like, the fucking grave diggers (laughs) kind of suck. But then there's those few girls that are like, yeah, but they're also kind of hot.
0: And one of us smashes a glass on our fucking head. Just to show how strong we are. We're a
2: great figure! God damn it.
0: (laughs) So, they glanced up from their work just as something huge soared over their heads. It was a massive figure that moved rapidly from tree to tree. They would go on to describe it as a brown human being, (laughs) which isn't actually that weird. Uh, Hi, (laughs) I'm a brown human being. So... (laughs) It was Jose! (laughs) It was some sort of Latino or African-American man? Hello. I, I, Hi. I just like to climb trees. I'm practicing for the circus. This would be the first reported sighting of the creature that would be known as the Mothman. A creature that remains as elusive today as it was on that night that a small group of witnesses laid eyes on it for the first time. Three days after the gravedigger's initial sighting in nearby Point Pleasant, two couples noticed a white-winged creature about six or seven feet tall standing in front of the car they were all in two of the eyewitnesses roger scarberry and steve mallett told the point pleasant register that the beast had bright red eyes about six inches apart and a wingspan of 10 feet and the apparent urge to avoid the bright headlights of the car
2: which is strange because aren't moths uh, usually drawn to the light yeah. yeah
0: according to the witnesses this creature was able to fly at incredibly high speeds perhaps almost as fast as 100 miles per hour. Yes. Yet they all agreed that it was a clumsy runner on the ground.
2: <laughs> Fuck. Fuck, shit. It's Just, like, like a, scuttling? Like, I'm imagining, like, a dog on, like, a hardwood floor, you know, it's yeah. got long nails, so yeah. it's like... <laughs> it's, like, trying to turn, but it's going, like, the <laughs> wrong way.
0: They knew this only because it allegedly chased their car to the outskirts of town in the air and then scuttled into a nearby field and disappeared. <laughs> Ah, fuck you! (laughs) Knowing how ludicrous this would sound to a small-town paper in the 1960s, Scarberry insisted that the apparition couldn't have been a figment of his imagination. He assured the paper, If I had seen it by myself, I wouldn't have said anything. But there were four of us who saw it. At first, reporters were skeptical. In the papers, they called the Mothman a bird and a mysterious creature. However, they did print Mallet's description... Quote, it was like a man with wings. (laughs) That was was so weird to them. (laughs) But more and more sightings were reported in the Point Pleasant area over the next years as the legend of the Mothman took shape. The Gettysburg Times reported eight additional sightings in the short span of three days after the first claims. This included two volunteer firefighters who said they saw a very large bird with large red eyes. Newell Partridge, a resident of Salem, West Virginia, claimed that he's a member of the Partridge family. No, he's not. Claimed (laughs) that he saw strange patterns appearing on his television screen one night, followed by a mysterious sound just outside his home. Taking a flashlight and shining it in the direction of the noise, he witnessed two red eyes resembling bicycle reflectors staring back at him. This encounter remains a popular one in Mothman mythos, especially since it allegedly led to the disappearance of Partridge's dog, with many adamantly believing that the fearsome beast took his dog. He I choose like...
2: to believe that that dog and the Mothman are just best friends. Yeah.
0: But I just think it's funny the idea of the Mothman being like, fuck you, I'm taking your dog. Yeah,
2: <laughs> But not to it's, eat it just as a pet. <laughs> yeah, he's just like cut back to the yeah. Mothman den where he's just like setting down a bowl of food and like sitting in his chair. Yeah. And the just, like, like <laughs> sitting there, and, like, the dog jumps up on his lap, and he's just, like, fine, and he's, like, petting it, and then, like, as it, you know, it, yeah. begrudgingly later, he ends up, like, loving the dog, yeah, and then it's Mothman and Moth Dog.
0: Yeah. Moth Dog. That's Moth a band right
2: there. Yeah. yeah not a strong uh, one, but... Napalm pineapple. Yeah, no, palm. it's not a
0: strong one. On December 15th, 1967, just a year since the Mothman sightings began, traffic was very, very bad on the Silver Bridge. The bridge, originally built in 1928, was packed with cars. This placed strain on the bridge, which had been built when cars were much lighter. Without warning, a single eye bar near the top of the bridge on the Ohio side snapped and the bridge fell to pieces, plunging cars and pedestrians into the icy waters below. Forty six people died either by drowning or by being crushed by the wreckage. Since it followed the Mothman sightings, people began to connect the two. Did you Mothman
2: collapsed a bridge in an act of domestic terrorism? Whoa,
0: what the fuck? I thought Mothman was cool.
2: Apparently he's like the Taliban, only in America.
0: Damn, I guess I should... I just made a bunch of Mothman merchandise. It kind of seems inappropriate now, right?
2: It does seem a little inappropriate now that he just destroyed a a landmark. Shit. Do you think he's gonna fear. come back
0: from this? Could I sit on this merchandise for a bit?
2: Well, I don't know. What year is it again?
0: It's nineteen uh, sixty-seven.
2: Well, then I think a few years a few years ago, a little boy by the name of Richard Gear was born, and I think he might just be able to bring this back around for you.
0: Okay, I'll sit on this merchandise then.
2: Yeah, I would wait. And in
0: 1975, author John Keel united the Mothman sightings and the accident on the bridge as directly correlated events. In his book, The Mothman Prophecies... Yeah. I, I love... That's a cool title. Yeah. Kiel goes on to present the Mothman as a harbinger of doom, whilst also connecting him with aliens, UFOs, <laughs> and men stop in You putting
2: black. the word whilst in here. <laughs>
0: it's my favorite word.
2: Whilst?
0: This idea has persisted through the years, and many have blamed the Mothman... For a plethora, I also like plethora of disasters that have befallen mankind, from the Chernobyl disaster of 1986 to the Mexican swine flu of 2009 to the, to the 2011 nuclear disaster in Fukushima, Japan.
2: He was he had a busy he was busy last yeah. year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, fucking up. was yeah. I um, just like the idea that. We, we should redo Billy Joel's song We Didn't Start the Fire to Mothman Start Bad Things. Fire. And then it was, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah the Mothman. Mothman Started
0: the Fire. The mm-hmm. Fire. Mothman Chernobyl.
2: Started the Fire. Chernobyl. What's yeah. Chernobyl? Swan Flu. <laughs> oh, uh, Fukushima. Well, nuclear reactor. It. I keep getting it confused the melody confused with REM's It's the End of the World mm. so like you know what I mean yeah. I can't, I can't yeah anyway yeah.
0: Sightings have declined since the 1960s but every so often one springs up as a warning of a disaster that is yet to come Mason do you think that the sinister Mothman is spooky or kooky I think he's spooky I love Mothman he's one of my favorite things
2: the Mothman is uh, one of my favorite cryptids and him and now the giant two-headed snapping yeah. turtle I think yeah, he's cool I,
0: I like that he's like a harbinger of doom I'm a huge fan of harbingers of doom like, I like,
2: like his such... I like his eyes I like mm-hmm. his bright red eyes yeah yeah the Mothman's great
0: well with that it's time to wrap the show up
2: <laughs> I'm feeling kind of sluggish today oh <laughs> so it's like a slow one yeah
0: if you like the show, make sure to leave a five-star review, which you can do in-app. We'd really appreciate it, plus it really helps the show, and we will read your review on the show. You can support the show by going to patreon.com slash captainslogcast and donate a dollar. Anything helps keep the lights on. Shout out to our very first patron, Kenji Heimuli. Kenji will get to enjoy this episode first before anyone get- else gets it, and eventually so much more. Another thing you can do to help the show and yourself is go over to TPublic and shop our merch. Yes, that's right, we have merch. You can get anything from T-shirts to mugs with our logo on it. Remember, if you donate/slash support our sponsors, it all goes towards improving the show, getting better recording equipment, etc. Mason, where can the fine, beautiful, very sexy listeners find you? Uh,
2: any place, any place that there's a haunting, you can find me. Trying to catch a ghost. Yes.
0: And on Twitter at Mason Schrader, right? We need yes, to get you I'm on, on, on.
2: that. Was... Been... I'm on it, I just don't use it. No have, one follows me. I don't I have it
0: I have been throwing shade at you with our official account and but you're never on, so I don't
2: even have notifications turned on. Cheyenne yelled to me the other day too. She was like, I sent you a thing on Twitter, and I'm like, I I'd never check it.
0: Uh there was a there was a a tweet that I sent out where it was like um, what would be your co-host uh, pop song if they had one, based on mm. their personality? And then I just said that yours would be called "Cannibal."
2: Oh, "Cannibal"? Yeah, that's a pretty yeah. good one.
0: Well, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at at j. Underscore junior and the show on Twitter at Captain's Log Pod. We recommend various different materials on there and post show updates and then we tweet some occasionally funny things. So go check it out. You can also subscribe on YouTube where you can find me as Jose Valle Jr., Animal Productions, and of course, the show's official YouTube channel, Captain's Log. Make sure to tell your friends and family about the show and if you if you enjoy it and if you'd like to share your favorite urban legends that didn't make the cut or perhaps if you had uh, encounters with any of the legends we discussed please do so by writing in to, a captains, to captainslogcast at gmail.com you can also suggest episode topics guests you'd like to have back on um, make sure to subscribe and download on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Google Play and any other podcast directory. Thanks to Carlos Rivera for composing the show's theme and with that everybody we have reached the end of our show. We'll see you soon for another special episode I've been your captain, Jose Valle Jr., joined by...
2: First officer, Mason, Buffalo Shit Schrader. There we go.
0: And this has been Captain's Log. End of transmission. Pew, boop.